Listener Production. Tick tock. For anyone over the age of 25, the association with those words is not the generation defining app, but clocks. Clocks help us try to get up on time and ensure that our pasta is perfectly al dente. But how do clocks actually keep time? And how do we decide how we divide time up? I'm Evram Yazgan a science journalist with Cosmos magazine, and it's about time we began whiling away the minutes in an investigation of how humans measure the fourth dimension of the universe, time. First things first, I'm not going to delve into the whole is time real discussion. It's complicated. It's not correct to say time is just a figment of our imaginations, but it's not quite right to say that time is an infallible concept either. But hey, Even a broken clock is right twice a day. So let's just take time as a given and move on, yeah? Speaking of which, how on earth do clocks work? Clocks, in one way or another, provide a measurement of intervals in time. These intervals can be thought of as the distance between two events happening in time. For example, how long after I stub my toe on the coffee table will I give out a pathetic yelp of pain? But the stub toe interval is not going to be the same for everyone and it would be a very annoying way of measuring time. From the moment human beings began to think about the world, we began to notice certain patterns and rhythms. The seasons, the cycles of the moon, the rising and setting of the sun, the movements of planets and stars across the sky. These natural tempos began imbuing us with a sense of what we now refer to as years, months, and days. But for one thing, daily experience requires much shorter time intervals to be measured so that we can do useful things. Also, it's good to measure time in order to notice the passing of a day, or a month, or a year. For that, humans needed to come up with other mechanisms, unchanging depending on their user, to measure shorter spans of time. Enter the clock. It may not surprise you to learn that the first clocks were not digital nor were they able to be built into sizes that could be worn on one's wrist. The first clocks might already be familiar to you. They're called sundials. Sundials are comprised of a central stick, called a gnomon, and a plate or dial which is divided up evenly along its circumference. As the sun's position changes, the shadow cast by the gnomon on the dial moves, telling the time. The first record of sundials comes from ancient Egypt, 3,500 years ago. The giant obelisks used weren't really the kind of thing you could strap onto your wrist, but watch this space. Our time system of a day being divided up into 24 hours also comes from ancient Egypt. The ancient Egyptians divided days into 10 blocks, which they measured with their sundials. A time block was added either side for twilight at the end and beginning of the day and nighttime was divided into 12 time periods, measured by the movement of the stars. But these prototype hours were not regular, and changed depending on the season. In summer, daytime hours were longer, for example. The ancient Babylonians were also early in the timekeeping game, with their own sundials. And it is from this mathematically inclined civilization that we get our division of hours into 60 minutes, and the subsequent division of minutes into 60 seconds. The Babylonians had a thing for using base 60. This is different to the decimal or base 10 system we're used to, where we count in groups of 10. It's also the same system that gives rise to the 360 degrees in a circle, 
which we also get from the Babylonians, along with trigonometry. Thanks, guys. But sundials weren't the only way early civilizations were telling time. Water clocks are first recorded around 3,500 years ago. It seems time management became really important around 1,500 BCE. These simple devices had a slightly sloped side that allowed water to drip at a near-constant rate through a small hole at their bottom. Water dripped into 12 columns to mark the passage of hours. Once the 12 hours is up, the clock has to be refilled. Water clocks remained the most accurate timekeeping devices until the invention of the pendulum clock in the mid-17th century. Mechanical clocks are thought to have begun in clock towers built in the regions spanning northern Italy to southern Germany from around 1270 to 1300 during the Renaissance. Trust the Swiss. These first mechanical clocks used suspended weights to move the clock and ring bells which told the time in the absence of dials and hands. Modern clocks with hands use differently sized gears to move the second, minute and hour hands. But all these different timekeeping devices have a large amount of error, because they are mechanical. Modern digital clocks try to take the guesswork out by using an electrical signal to measure seconds. The signal oscillates at 60 hertz, or 60 oscillations per second, which is the most common frequency in alternating currents used in power lines. But even then, to determine what is a 60 hertz frequency, you need a pretty good idea of what a second is. So scientists have tried to find ways to standardise timekeeping. Atomic clocks measure the resonant frequencies of atoms. Atoms with different energy levels vibrate at different frequencies. The International System of Units has a definition of a second which is, and I quote, the unperturbed ground state hyperfine transition frequency of the cesium-133 atom to be 9,192,631,000 770 when expressed in the unit hertz, which is equal to the inverse of a second, end quote. Ouch. That's a physicist's fun way of saying the cesium atom wiggles a little more than 9 billion times in a second. All of this is well and good on Earth, but Einstein does come in to spoil the party once again by reminding us that time is relative. Because the fabric of space-time is warped by the presence of massive objects like the Earth, time actually flows differently for different observers. Because of the reduced gravitational field on the International Space Station over 408 kilometres above the Earth's surface, time goes slower on the ISS by approximately 0.01 seconds every year. This has to be accounted for in order for GPS to work. Clocks have come a long way in the last 4,000 years, and yet I still can't figure out how to go to sleep at a reasonable time. But now our time's up for this episode. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app, and head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back next time for another Ha! Science Explained. Listener.